This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. This is a wild game of survival. And welcome back to White Ladies in Crisis. It's a podcast dedicated to women losing their marbles. I'm Joe Lipset, and I'm joined, as always, by Jen Adams. As well as Gina Radcliffe. Hello. And ladies, we are talking about Fatal Attraction Season 1, Episode 5, and I am happy to report that after much lamenting last week, this is a better episode. Yes. Action-packed, I would say. Or as action-packed as I think we're going to get. I, I still have some grumbling, but yeah, this oh, this yeah. moves this moves things along at a better, at a better pace considerably yeah. than, than last episode. Yeah, yeah. I think we're still going to be complaining that there are far too many characters to the point mm-hmm. that I've actually created a game to end this episode on where we're, I'm going to say a name and you're going to try to tell me who that character is. <laughs> oh boy. Uh-oh, I will <laughs> fail miserably. I hope there are no prizes for this because <laughs> I'm not getting any. <laughs> but maybe let's uh, begin where we kind of left off last week, which is the death of Sophie, the Jessica Harper Beth mom character so we do in fact get to see this play out and we do in fact get confirmation that it was Alex and she is now just a cold-blooded murderer yeah I was fascinated to watch this play out I was like sure what's gonna happen and you know and part of me was like is she just gonna walk away and not help her but no she pushes the button she covers the pool and then she covers Mm -hmm. up the evidence so yes this is definitely an escalation on Alex a significant vilification of this character which i think is really interesting yeah the, 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 the any point that you know they would want the audience to have sympathy for her mm-hmm. is kind of gone, gone gone now yeah which is which is interesting because again i that i said in the last episode you know this is supposed to be a a feminist take on it and i'm like mm-hmm. right this is a feminist to make her even more villainous than she was in the movie because i don't know i'm not sure well and i think i could make an argument i'm gonna reserve judgment on my feminism overarching thoughts about it but i could see them doing it and as long as they just stay with this mental health thing because i think what triggers this this action is Mm -hmm. when she starts talking about motherhood and somebody not being a good mother which i think is really interesting because we also have some pregnancy pregnancy rumors. Yes. Although we're not confirmed yet. So I'm interested in, you know, I love female killers and I love female villains and I love to dig into why they kill and what it is about them that makes them want to kill. And so I think there's still hope, but they have definitely upped the ante here in a, a And I don't feel much sympathy for Alex in this episode, you know? Like, I'm going to need them to match that a little bit if they're going to still continue with this feminist take on it. It'd be interesting to know if she has what what ultimately is her endgame in this. Does she just basically want to ruin his life? Or is she hoping that, you know, Beth will be so distraught about her mother dying that somehow it'll end, you know, and Dan will at some point have to tell her about the relationship. Their marriage will end, and then somehow he'll come running to Alex. I, I'm not sure, like, what she hopes, 
will happen ultimately from all this. Hmm. I mean, I guess that assumes that Alex is in enough of her right mind to even have a desirable outcome. But the problem is, is we get a scene like where she sees Dan in the elevator and she tells him, you know, oh, I, I just thought things were going to be a little bit different, but now I understand. And then she kind of backs away. So like, there are suggestions that she is lucid enough to still be performing her day job and doing other things, right? Like she has this conversation with Ruiz where she effectively clears Dan, even though she's also very obviously the one who lodged the written complaint against him. Mm-hmm. So she's she's calculating enough to carry off these devious plans. But then, yeah, like, I don't know. Are we still meant to believe that she is, like, seriously mentally ill? Right. Listen, she, she seems to have a lot of foresight, yeah. you know, for, for someone who, you know, is supposed to be presumably completely unhinged. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I would say, you know, that people that have borderline personality are like extreme codependency. Like you can be really high functioning. So I could still mm-hmm. see it plausible, her plausibly kind of planning all of this out. But yeah, she does. Like, what is her end game? Because this is not going to make him run back. I'm also curious what her plan was showing up at the house. Because we know she didn't go to the house to kill Sophie. No. That just happened to be a, a bonus, you know. Mm-hmm. I think she was probably there to, to, to just to vandal, vandalize it or something. Yeah, steal some underwear or something. <laughs> some of his tidy wear. Or, or let the dog out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's probably... Yeah, which we find out, too, that's Beth's dog, too. So kind of what we were taught... Like, Beth is the one that is really suffering here, you know, which I think is an interesting development. I mean, Dan's suffering, too, but... He, the only thing he's really lost is a couple of company cars and people are mad at him. One thing I do appreciate that the that the show is doing, even if I'm sure people will, you know, complain as they often do about, you know, that it's <laughs> it's it's being sort of puritanical, is that it's not actually all that easy to have an affair than just walk away from it unscathed. Right. Now granted, yeah. very few of them, you know, go off the rails like this. <laughs> right. But right. like you know, when you tell your spouse, when you have, to, when you break down and admit to your spouse, oh, you know, I had a fling with someone, it's over. You know, and you know, even if you say it's over now, that's you're not done. You know? right. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like you know, your your partner is entitled to, you know, be very upset with you and decide if this is something they want to keep doing with you. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think one of the complaints about the the movie is that. Beth is barely a character in it. Right. You know, he tells her she's having, he, he had an affair, she cries, and then, like, it's... It's fine. Right, yeah. and then at the end of the movie, they're, like, hugging, and, you know, everything's going to be fine, and it's like, mm, that, mm-hmm. it's, you can't just really walk away, unless you have an extremely understanding spouse. Yeah. It, is, right. it is hard to, even in the most, you know generic of situations where you don't have to worry about the person you popping up and harassing you like it's not so easy to say well it's over now we can just move on from it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well let's talk about how beth reacts here because i actually think that this is the best episode that amanda pete has had to work with like beth actually gets a lot of meaty emotional reaction scenes in this episode Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I in my notes, I was like, "Go, Amanda Pete for the win." 
yeah, despite her having to essentially be covered in smeared mascara for the majority of the episode, you know. <laughs> but yeah, her response is like, well, thanks for telling me now after my mom mm-hmm. died, you know, which I think is a fair response, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he definitely could have picked a better time. He could have at least waited till like the morning or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think it's interesting too, because I think he's seeing it as like, I know that I caused this. So he is essentially one, admitting the affair and admitting that he is responsible for all of it and we have to protect ourselves now. So I see the logic in his brain. It's just, he's just so selfish, you know? <laughs> I, I did think that her reaction was interesting when he tells her that, you know, you know, I had this affair, you know, this woman, you know, turned out to be very unstable and I think she had something to do with Sophie's death. And that's like, no, that's ridiculous. And and it's like, you know, does she actually think that's ridiculous? Or is she like just so, you know, frightened by that idea that she can't even, she can't even comprehend it? I think it's mm-hmm. that. I think it's like, I don't want to. It's, it, yeah, it, it's, you know, I've got bad news and I've got worse news. Exactly. You know? Like, yeah. you know, you know, A, a I, I cheated on you and B, I cheated on you with a fucking lunatic. Right. Well, and right. you've now not only lost your mom. But I have made it so that you can't have me anymore either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess she's just like, let me let me process one, right. one, one piece of bad news at a time. Which I get that. I, I, I would certainly probably be the same way. It's like, yeah, we're not talking about this right now. Yeah. But she's also like, well, I guess we're done. You know, which I found yes. interesting. I love that. I did too. I was like, ooh. Yeah, but I, I sort of feel like maybe she's assuming that he doesn't love her anymore. Mm. You know, she she kind of, you know, has that belief, you know, not unfounded that, you know, well, my partner cheated on me. Clearly they don't love me anymore. Yeah. And, you know, she may be the kind of person, and I totally get it, where it's like, well, I'm not going to fight for you. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, this is how you're going to, you know, show such a lack of respect for me. And so she's just kind of like, meh, all right, I guess we're done. Right. And, and you know, I, I you know, I, I would probably react in the same way. Like, well, I'm not going to, you know, make an ass out of myself for you. Mm-hmm. Right. So most of this episode is set in the past as we're kind of dealing with all the Alex stuff. Alex's behavior is also escalating. She eventually tries to set the construction site that Beth is working on with her business partner, Arthur. And then there's also the insinuation that maybe she had something to do with young Ellen disappearing briefly. I think that this is more Dan overreacting because he's oh, so... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I, and I think that's a zag on the audience from the original because in, mm-hmm. in the original, that that is the escalation in the original is that right. she takes Ellen and takes to an amusement park, I think, which is mm-hmm. which is yeah, kind of funny. Wild. It like makes her go on like a roller coaster and you can't you can't tell if the kid's enjoying it or not. <laughs> but like but like that's that's the escalation. That that is the moment, the 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 event that forces Dan to have to tell Beth what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than, you know, someone literally getting murdered. Yeah. Like like you know, Alex just, you know, ratchets things up so much faster, so much higher in this than she does in the movie. Yeah, she's yeah. quite an arsonist too. Like I was not expecting her to set that. The, I didn't put together where she was. I was right? Like, Can you set something on fire with a bag of chips? I just thought <laughs> oh, she's... tampons and chips. Apparently, exactly. Yeah, the the tools of female murder. They should probably stop selling something so highly flammable over the counter. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Women can't be trusted around fire, clearly. No. They certainly cannot, yeah. <laughs> so before we get to the kind of cliffhanger ending of this I do want to talk a little bit about the Ellen stuff in this episode because we complained about yeah. we complained about the legal stuff in the last episode, and I feel like the weak link in this episode is everything to do with Ellen because what the fuck are we doing? What are we doing with this character, people? This is a season two development. Okay? Did I misunderstand her her conversation with the professor, or is she threatening to to tell on him about something? That's what I think she's doing, yeah. Yeah, she finds out from this girl, Stella. So this is the girl that she went rollerblading with in that underground parking garage, I think back in like episode two. She finds out that Stella has been mm-hmm. having an affair with Professor Richard Maxey, uh, played by David Meunier. And I think she's internalizing all the shit with her dad. So she basically goes to this guy who is, I think, her thesis supervisor and says, you know, I know what you're mm-hmm. doing. You should probably stop it. So she's trying to be coy, but she's very much directing her daddy issues onto other daddy, surrogate daddy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, she says something like, I don't like to use the word ruin. And it's like, you know, what show are we? What? Yeah. I, I think she means like the affair will ruin your life because she thinks of how her dad's affair ruined oh, his life and okay. hers. So I don't think she's threatening to like ruin this professor. Oh, I, okay. That was my interpretation that, that she was oh, kind of okay. picking up the mantle from from <laughs> Alex somehow. Like this kind of thing is contagious. And, uh-huh. and, and I'm like, okay, your your explanation makes more sense though. I, 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 miss, I, I did kind of misread the, the conversation. Well, you you would be forgiven because she she has two absolutely ridiculous monologues in this episode. We'll get to the other <laughs> one in a moment. But when she's proposing this new thesis, because we learn that she's behind and she needs to pick up the pace in her writing, it's all the shit that we cannot care about. Mm-hmm. But she's basically talking about how she wants to investigate this idea of a woman who comes in and just like explodes everyone's life. So clearly, like she wants to do an analysis of Alex, like this problematic woman. And it's kind of interesting and a little bit heady, but also it doesn't matter. Like, I don't fucking care about this shit. Right. That's what I want the show to do. I don't need a character in the show also doing that. Yeah, I I really (laughs) hope that this doesn't, this isn't like one of those, like, you know, where she's going to, you know, start empathizing with Alex and in turn say, you know, yeah, this kind of behavior is right and good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, you know, he deserved it. And it's like, mm, did he though? Yeah. I appreciate that the show is still trying to continue this through line that it sort of did last week where she's like, she wants to understand how this happened and how it affected people. So like, mm-hmm. if, if that's really where the Ellen storyline is going, like she's trying to use her educational background to unpack the meaning and the response to it. Okay. But also the show is giving her so little screen time and, it just feels like the least interesting storyline that we could be pursuing apart from all of Dan's cases. It's just like, if this is really where you want to go, you need to do a better job of it. 
Yeah, again, I can't be stated enough. The 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 pacing on this show is not good. Oh, it's glacial. Yeah, uh-huh. it is not good. Every time Ellen shows up, I remember she exists. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, it should not be. We're we're on episode five, and um, yeah. uh, it's like okay, they still don't know what they want to do with this character, and, right. and 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 like I said before, she is a major character, right? Yes. And that is a really interesting angle. I was really excited about this at the beginning. And I'm still I'm still going to give it the benefit of the doubt because I really, mm-hmm. really don't want to be let down. But I just don't care about this professor thing. And it's taking energy and time away from the things that I do care about. And it, I feel like it's undercutting the legs of that story by trying to do the same thing in two different ways. You know? Yeah. And, and, and I mm-hmm. think I, you, we definitely get that... You know, she is studying psychology and, and she is particularly oh interested <laughs> in, in situations that, that, you know, lead to what happened with her father. It's like, yo, okay, this is like the third or fourth time you've established that. Right. So you don't have mm. to, you don't have to keep emphasizing it. Yeah. Well, okay. So what do we think of this fucking conversation that she has with Dan in the bar where she basically psychoanalyzes him for two to three minutes straight? And it's not, and it's not, and she says nothing the audience can't figure out for themselves. Exactly. Right. That, exactly. He, ha- that, that he has, that he has daddy issues and that he turned to Alex, to you, he wanted, he wanted a cheap thrill because he felt bad about not getting the judgeship. Mm-hmm. I got that. You know? We literally yeah. called that in episode two. Yeah. Right. I, I, I got that. What I do <laughs> like about it is that I enjoy seeing Dan have to hear that from somebody. And, and it's her. And it's her, yes. And I also enjoyed the part, this doesn't really have to do with her, but it's because of her. I like when he says it wasn't really about Alex, because I think that is an important... I think that's true. You know, I like that. But we also see Mike give him a lot of shit for this, too. You Mm -hmm. know, which... Toby Huss is still the best part of this show. He's still my favorite character. He's still my favorite character. Him just laying into Dan and Dan being like, I don't get it. What have I done? It's like, oh, yeah, no, it's gold. Right. And we've seen because we talked about or you mentioned in our last episode about this red haired lawyer who refuses to hire him and wants to like really stick it to him. And it didn't Mm -hmm. feel like it really mattered in that last episode. But we see a continuation of people not wanting to give Dan a second chance here. Right. And part of me really likes that because it shows that like. You can't just go back from having an affair. You can't just say, oh, sorry, pretend nothing happened. But also I feel like it is making Dan the victim in a way that I yep. am frustrated by. It is. And I do wonder why this bailiff is so absolutely disgusted and angry about the idea of even remotely helping him. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you're not hurting yourself in this you're the one that made the complaint you knew what kind of person she is yeah so why, why are you like you know, how dare you you know it's mm-hmm. like i'm not gonna help you and it's like um okay i i hope that will be explained at some point yeah and yet at the same time ugh, like we've got three episodes left after this this mm-hmm. is really where we want to spend our time I think I'm just so frustrated with what I want the show to be and mm-hmm. what it actually is. And I'm really having difficulty reconciling that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah me same. too. Mm-hmm. I think it's because we're seeing these glimmers of kind of genius. Like yeah. some of this is really, really good. Mm-hmm. And it just makes the other parts of the show so flat. Yes. Like I love 
the Alex pregnancy storyline in this episode. I am very curious about this. I The scene where she's like praying over the test or like mm. doing her mantra. I'm like, oh my God, like I've been there. It just, oh. And I think it's so interesting because we don't know if she's pregnant yet, you no. know? And I think she's praying that she is pregnant. What are y'all think? I think so too. Oh, I'm sure she is. I am sure she is. Yeah. And I don't think she is because if she were... She doesn't need to do anything else, you know? Okay, let's take that into our final conversation because this episode ends on the show loves a good cliffhanger. Uh Uh-huh. And the cliffhanger here is that Dan, thinking that Alex briefly kidnapped Ellen, rushes in in the past and absolutely beats the shit out of her. And then we end the episode with a splatter of blood in her empty-ish apartment. Mm -hmm. So... Do we think we're going to use this as a reveal that she was pregnant and then she just miscarried? Ooh, I That's th- a good question. I didn't even I didn't even consider that. I, I thought it was just foreshadowing her murder because again, and as we've talked about, we don't actually know she really is dead or not because right. this is true. We, we don't know the circumstances of of how she was killed. We don't you know we never see a body. Mm-hmm. Nobody mentions if she was shot or stabbed or or, or anything like that. We really don't know. Yes. So you know that I thought it was a foreshadow, but you're absolutely right. It could be that his attack on her could have caused her to miscarry or that she's staging a miscarriage yeah or that she's staging her death you know i think if she were pregnant i find it really hard to see her not yelling that at him when he is running towards her which is what i thought was going to happen i thought he was going to barge in and then she shuts the door of the bathroom and then he busts in and i thought as he tosses her that she was going to say I'm pregnant. Right. And maybe that's just because it's more or less what happens in the film. But Uh we don't get that. Yeah, we don't. I know. And and she has the chance to. Like, I could see because he does choke her and it takes a while for her to Mm -hmm. catch her breath. But she still clearly has enough time to say that. And I think if she were pregnant, she would, you know. Even, you know, I I think this would have been a logical way to repeat what we talked about with the suicide attempt earlier, right? Where... Even if she isn't pregnant, I would have thought that she would say it because that's a good bargaining chip to use against Dan. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And even if she, I mean, she has plenty of time to keep lying about it until, you know, she has mm-hmm. to actually come up with, there, should, there needs to be visual evidence that she needs to come up with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The second time she went to the gas station when she had the chips and the cigarettes, I expected her to find... She's got the munchies. She's Ex- pregnant. <laughs> right, right. Well, and also I was like, are, is she going to start trolling for pregnant lady pee so she can get just uh... a positive test, you know? But yeah, I was just fascinated by her character. And that's what I wanted from this episode. I wanted this to be another episode three where we stay with her. Hmm. Well, I think by sheer virtue of having more Beth, giving Beth more to do... A little bit less Dan Mm -hmm. and a little bit more Alex. Like this episode immediately comes out stronger than episode four. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a low bar, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. But I think that this is really an interesting setup. So as Mm -hmm. I said, we've got three episodes left. Alex is clearly going to have a bunch of bruising and different symptoms of Dan's abuse here. Yep. And I think this is going to bring Ruiz back into the storyline where it's like, oh, we just cleared you, but now we might be pressing charges against Dan for beating the shit out of you. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. I feel like as Dan was 
because they have been vilifying Alex so much. Now, I'm not saying I support what Dan is doing, but I feel like by villainizing Alex, they are giving Dan more of a reason or more of a justification to be doing what he's doing. So not only are they making him the victim, but it also feels like they're kind of tip Giving him permission. Excuse- exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is not... <laughs> No. This is not the conversation I thought we were going to be having about this show later. No, and, and 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 you know, especially since again they're like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna make this a feminist version. Like, this is not a very feminist version of the storyline. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still secretly hoping for a Wild Things situation where the show is going to end and it's going to be revealed <laughs> that Alex is secretly still alive and she and Ellen organized this whole thing to oh get Dan. <laughs> I was thinking that exact same thing. I was like, maybe she's on that yacht somewhere on the beach with the yellow baited suit. <laughs> Do it. I Do know. it. <laughs> I mean, still looking great because everybody else still looks good. You oh, yeah. Know? Hey, <laughs> I would later. watch a spinoff of those two just running running around the Bahamas and tearing through <laughs> some bad guys, you know? That'd be fun. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so before we head into our game, do you two have any other predictions about what comes next? It's it's hard. I do not know what we they're doing no with, with, with Ellen. I don't know what they're doing with Ellen. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I find it interesting that you, Joe, thought that she was trying to be helpful with the, the, the professor and basically mm-hmm. saying, you know, end this affair. It's, it's not going to come to any good. Right. Or I felt that she was being a little kind of vaguely threatening. Right. Like, like if, if you don't stop this, I'm going to tell somebody. And, you know, I, I don't know. Jen, what was your what was your takeaway? Well, I thought that uh, Maxie was somebody else. And I thought Stella was having a relationship with a girl named Maxie. And that because Ellen was so going to be... fucking coded lesbian. Yeah, exactly. I, I, thought, I thought that, that Stella and Ellen were like flirting with each other. Like, she's 100%. Like, oh, she's like, oh, yo, here's my number if you want to do anything. And it's like, yes, all right. as in fuck me. Exactly. <laughs> well, maybe she's going to kill Professor Maxie now because she wants Stella. Oh, my God. That's the escalation. (laughs) I mean, at least do something interesting with Ellen. If we're going to spend this time with her, like, let's just, you know, take it off the rails. It is wild that we are having these completely (laughs) different viewing experiences because that tells me the show is not working. Exactly. We shouldn't have this much confusion. They don't, they don't know what they're trying to do with the storyline. They, they have yeah. a lot of ideas. They, you know, they're, they're, they're throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall to see what sticks. I mean, we even, we even get like a little, we even get to know like this second husband a little better. And it's like his character, mm-hmm. like, you know, he's very sad about his wife dying. And it's like, all right, but why? You know, it's right. like, mm-hmm. why do we need to know that this, anything about this character other than he was their friend. And then later at some point he and Beth got married. And it's yes. like, right. okay, fine, great, but we don't need to know his backstory either. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there is some kind of studio interference kind of thing where they had a very concise and direct message and there were somebody was dipping their hands in. Because like Joe, you said, like every once in a while, I love it, you know? Yeah. Oh, probably. I mean, you, I, I, I always, I always assume that's the case when you have a, a show that's with a, with a, you know, a, a tone and a storyline's yeah. kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. One IP too, you know. Yeah. 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 I I mean, 
we're at the stage now where I'm not even sure if this show creator understands like what are we trying to do in general with this so like I wouldn't be surprised to learn that this either had extra episodes or maybe more episodes and it was either extended or abbreviated or Mm -hmm. something like this feels messy it reminds me of a couple of like ambitious shows that just never really figured their shit out before Mm -hmm. they went to camera yes right yeah which is a shame because I feel like there's a real opportunity here to do something really exciting I mean, there's still three episodes, so That's anything true. could happen. And I'm still into it. A, l- a lot's going to have to happen to really kind of make things start to make sense. Yeah. Yeah. We we need these next couple of episodes to really get their shit together. Because mm. if not, I'm worried that we're going to be lamenting what could have been when we're talking about the finale. Yeah. Okay. So with that in mind... We have spent the last two weeks talking about how busy this show is because there are too many fucking characters. <laughs> so, ladies, I challenge you to the name game. <gasps> I feel like we need a theme song. <laughs> I'm going to read a character name or a description, and I would like you to tell me who I'm talking about or what their role is on the show. <laughs> okay. We'll start you off with a softball. Who is Arthur? Oh shit! Best best second husband and their friend okay. th- and their friend. Okay. Yes, I mean Gina, you still fucking blew my mind last episode when you were like, "And that's her current husband." I was like, <laughs> "Wait, what?" But also, I confused Arthur and her dad in this episode. Same. Mm-hmm. I thought she was confessing to her dad that dad had had an affair. Yep. <sighs> <sighs> okay. Getting a little harder. This character appeared in this episode. Who is Benny? Uh, is that the guy in the courtroom? The, the one that's the always, one? The the one one always eating? eating? Correct. Yes. Okay. So this is the guy that Gabriel would always give food to. Gabriel is the bailiff. But like we have a whole scene where Dan goes and quizzes this character about rumors. And it's like, oh yeah, Dan, you were rumored to have a love shack and you paid for that girl's convertible. And I'm just like, this episode is 55 minutes long. Mm-hmm. We didn't need this fucking scene. No. Okay. What is the name of Dan's boss? It's uh, uh, George. George? Shit. Jorge? Oh, sorry. You know what? I will accept Jorge because uh, oh, that is the name of his contemporary boss. What is the name of his boss God, in the past? It's not, Con- it's not Conchita. Conchita's the, the... Conchita's, yeah, Alex's boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. March Marcella? Correct. Okay. Yes, it is Marcella. killing it. <laughs> I'm surprised myself. I don't remember who anybody is half the time. I'm like, oh, Dan? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Final question. What is the name of the belligerent cop? Oh, that one I don't remember. What? Belligerent he does appear cop? in this episode when he asks Dan why he's leaving early. Oh, yeah, he's just, a, oh. he's just an asshole for no reason. <laughs> I he's an asshole all day long. Right. Oh, gosh. I can't, he's the Cucumbers guy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Bill Cucumbers. That's my best <laughs> I, I still I don't remember. Here's the thing. The fact that you could even identify scenes he was in, to me, is a win. Uh, the character's <laughs> name is Earl Broker. Oh, of course. I've never okay. heard that name in my life. I don't, think, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if they ever referred to him by name. All, all, uh, I, all I know is that there's like a weird scene. It's like, yeah, I know your father-in-law just died, but why are you leaving early? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> Dude, all right. 
Oh boy. Well, hopefully we don't have to keep playing that because they introduce new and random characters next week. But uh, oh. you know what? We'll wait and see. <laughs> yeah, that was fun though. And illustrative, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Well, Gina, if uh, people want to talk to you about the assholes on this show, how would they get in touch? Uh, you can reach me uh, on Twitter under Gina Does Things. I also host the Kill by Kill podcast. So co-host the Kill by Kill podcast. Goodness. And, uh, and Patrick's I, out. And I <laughs> write about television movies at theschool.net. Excellent. And Jen, if people want to talk about throwing a woman out of a bathroom, how would they get in touch? <laughs> yes, you can find me at Jim Ferratu on Twitter and Instagram, also co-hosting the Losers Club podcast and the Girls on the Boys. Excellent. And I can be reached at Beast on my remote, and that's the letter B. And uh, of course, you know, you should also be supporting the podcast network, the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad. As Jen mentioned, she's got a show on it. We've got a couple of other ones. It's all good stuff. So definitely make sure you're checking it out. But uh, ladies, we will be back next week to talk about episode six. <laughs> I don't even know. Um, I'm just going to yell, I'm pregnant. Yes. to stop us all in our tracks <laughs> I'm pregnant I think we're going to see it I think it's going to happen yeah. <laughs> this is a wild game of survival the anatomy of a scream pod squad